You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rouse Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good install. If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first. Very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Farrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, man. Man, what's crack a lacking, baby? What's crack a lacking? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. Looking ahead to Tuesday's midterm elections, Democrats are increasingly confident they can take back the House majority. And Pierce Jessica Taylor reports there could be more than 80 seats in play. Plenty of chances for Democrats to get the 23 seats they need to flip the chamber. Public opinion polls, campaign finance reports, and historic trends all point to a strong showing for Democrats in the House. They're running particularly well in suburban districts, where independents and many suburban women want to send a message of dissatisfaction to President Trump. Republicans did see a slight increase in enthusiasm in the wake of Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh's testy confirmation hearing a month ago. But polls show that's largely evaporated in the final weeks of the race. The exception is in more rural districts and in traditionally red areas. Those rural areas define the Senate battleground states, which means it's possible Democrats could have a very good night in the House and still lose seats in the Senate. Jessica Taylor, NPR News, Washington. Big names from both parties turning up around the country ahead of Tuesday's midterms. President Obama to rally Democrats in Indiana today. President Trump will be campaigning today in Georgia and Tennessee. Last night, Trump was in Florida after a trip to Montana, where it appeared personal. Yellowstone Public Radio's Jackie Yamanaka reports. Democratic Senator John Tester first got into Trump's crosshairs for raising questions about his nominee to be Secretary of Veterans Affairs, Dr. Ronnie Jackson. 
Trump told the crowd Tester destroyed the reputation of his personal physician and an admiral. And I've never forgotten it. And it's honestly one of the reasons that I've been here so much. It really is. It really is. It really is. It's a disgrace what he did to that man. Trump came back to Montana to back Republican challenger Matt Rosendale, who was somewhat of an afterthought at the rally. As for Tester, he said Jackson chose to resign and is under investigation by the Inspector General for the Department of Defense. For NPR News, I'm Jackie Yamanaka in Billings, Montana. To Indonesia now where authorities have extended the search for victims of the crash nearly a week ago of a Lion Air passenger jet. The crash killed all 189 people aboard. Michael Sullivan reports from Chiang Rai, Thailand. Divers have filled more than 100 body bags with remains. Fewer than a dozen victims have been identified. Authorities are hoping three extra days will help them find more of the victims and the plane's cockpit voice recorder. It's still not known what caused the crash with the aircraft on Sunday before putting it back in service the next morning. Police in Tallahassee, Florida have not said whether a series of videos posted to YouTube a few years ago were made by the gunman who killed himself after fatally shooting two women and injuring five other people at a yoga studio Friday evening. The existence of the videos first reported by BuzzFeed. You're listening to NPR News. Coming up next on the serious side. are going to re-elect a man who has become a really good friend of mine. You know, we had our little difficulties, right? And it got nasty. And then it ended. And I'll tell you what, nobody has helped me more with your tax cuts, with your regulations, with all of the things that we're doing, including military and our vets. Than Senator Ted Cruz, nobody. Grand Rapids, Michigan officers pointing their guns at an 11-year-old girl handcuffing her as she screamed for her mother to help. And what the police chief is now saying tonight. Witnesses say they first heard gunfire inside this Kroger grocery store in Jefferson Town, Kentucky. And then I heard it boom, boom, boom. There was glass and you could hear the screaming going on outside the door. Police say the suspect shot and killed one man inside the store, then ran into the parking lot where he shot a woman who also died. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Roll Show with Miss Kathleen Williams, Mr. Jerome Esprit, Mr. Elias, and the official texter of the show, Mr. Johnny D. Now here is your host, J. Roll. 
good Sunday morning to you folks. Today is November 4th. God, can you believe that? November 4th, 2018. It's the uh, welcome to the Sunday morning edition of the Jay Ryle Show, better known as the Serious Side. Of course, I'm Jay, like the band said. Thank you so much for joining us on this beautiful, beautiful Sunday morning. I hope that today is going well for you and yours as you prepare for worship or just prepare for a morning cup of coffee or if you are meeting with a bunch of friends for brunch. Hope you guys are tuned in to the Serious Side. And of course, as always, I'm never sure to stay by myself. Uh, everybody's here. This is an important Sunday right before the midterm, so all the heavy hitters are in the house. Let me introduce them to you. First up, she is one of, I tell you, she has the greatest voice that I've ever heard on radio. I'm telling you right now. You, you've heard me say this a thousand times. She's here. She's an author. She is a minister. She's an attorney. She's a radio host. She is Superwoman. Karen White made a song about her. Here she is, the very lovely Miss Kathleen Williams. Good morning, Kathleen. How are you doing? I'm doing great this morning. How are you? How are you? I am doing outstanding. Thank you so much for being here. We have a lot to talk about, and man, oh man, it should be fun. All right. The man who is, I consider, the smartest man in the world. He's the guy that also brings you on a weekly basis, on a need-to-know basis, on a need-to-know basis. Here he is, the one and only Mr. Jerome Esprit. What's going on, Jerome, man? Good morning and welcome in. Hey, good morning, and thanks for having me, man. And good morning, everybody. Well, thank Everyone. you. Clean, Elias, thank everybody. you for uh, being here. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you for being a part of our world. Thank you so much. Now, the man who you usually hear from through the voices of me, when I read his texts, but the resident texter is actually in the house. He will be participating in the show. Let's say good morning to Mr. Johnny D. Johnny, good morning. How are you, sir? Good morning, Jay, and good morning, everyone. Um, certainly there's a lot to talk about this morning, so I'm going to make a, a rare appearance. I thank you, my brother, for this opportunity. Hey, man, you know what? Listen, I thank you as well. And the man. Who gets the first and last word here on the serious side? The man who's really the head honcho in charge, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, sir. How are you? No, I didn't turn his mic on. I thought he was doing it himself. Good morning, Mr. Elias. How are you doing? <laughs> good morning. Good morning, Johnny. Good morning, uh, Kathleen Soror. And good morning, good morning Jerome Spree. How you guys doing? Yes, good, bro. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Brett. Uh, man, I call the number three four seven eight five zero one two seven two three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. A lot to get into, like our, my colleagues have said. Let's get into it. But before we get into it, I just I noticed that Kathleen never, you know, I thought I was an honorary frat, but I guess I'm an honorary frat when Miss Elias is not here. But that's okay. Good morning, honorary frat. Good morning, honorary frat. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you. All right, thank you. I love it so much. All right, you know, chat rooms are open. You can jump into World Famous Chat Room. We are also monitoring our usual uh, uh, social media sites that we uh, love to talk to you. Our director of social media outreach, Miss Jackie, usually joins us second set to give you all the information that you need to stay in contact with the show when we're off the air. But a lot to talk about. Let me give you the rundown in the agenda. It's all about the midterms. First set, we're talking about the midterms. The midterms. Presidents are out there making their final pitches as far as why you should vote for their particular party. We're going to jump into that. Second set, we're going to once again. It's almost like a living while black, but this is a little bit more serious because we have a situation where the cops 
pointed a gun at a 12-year-old young lady. And let me tell you something. If you haven't seen the movie The Hate You Give, this young lady looks just like the star character in that movie. Uh, it's a chilling video to listen to. We'll listen to it second set. And, of course, the third set, we're going to spend some time on a story that didn't get much airplay. Two African-Americans killed in Kentucky, uh, a man who uh, shot and killed them. We'll give you the background story on that as well. Once again, the number is 2347 It's midterm times. Hey, listen, a couple of days, it's time to go vote. Now. This is an important election. All the heavy hitters are out there on the stump. Mr. Elias, let me start with you. First of all, have you voted, sir? And second of all, what do you think is going to happen this Tuesday when it's all said and done? Well, yes, I did go vote, Jay. Um, Good for you. We were in the uh, line, and uh, one, one, uh, you know, the majority of the people in line were voting to uh, vote against Trump as far as uh, so he can cancel his agenda. And the one one white woman was like, oops, I'm sorry, I shouldn't be saying that out loud. And I'm like, I don't give a damn who knows. I'm, I want his agenda canceled. If anybody got anything to say, he gets a short walk from the jail. Let's go. So I didn't care. A short walk from the jail. You know, you're a violent man, Mr. Elias. You, you no, no. A short walk to the jail. Okay. <laughs> Okay, go ahead, Billy. I'm sorry. You get tired of it, man. Why should you cower down for this clown? So the bottom line is, man. Yeah, I voted for him, and I honestly, I believe that the House is yet that that's a foregone conclusion. Even Trump is scared of that one. He knows that is a foregone conclusion, and I, I think the Senate is in play. I really do, and I think the the gubernatorial race races, the the, the 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 Republicans are so worried about it that they're. they're they're suppressing the votes in I know in Indiana. I know they got over a hundred thousand people suppressed in Indiana so far. And, and, what, and what do you what do you what do you mean when you say suppress what do you mean by that? Are they give give they're us some purging details. from the rolls. They're purging them from the rolls. They're saying, wow. Oh well, you didn't you didn't you didn't right. put this name, you had this name. It, yeah, they're purging them from the rolls, man. And so for all you people who don't think your vote counts, guess why they're suppressing it, suppressing the vote. Look at Georgia. They're suppressing 53,000 votes from there. 53,000. Why? Because somebody left. Somebody didn't sign their name with the middle initial. So, look. They, they're, they've they're, actually said those people can't vote, but, you know, the, but the but the cast has already been died, you know. So people may yeah. have heard that message. And, but, yeah, it may have had it, yeah. So it's going to have an effect, whether or not, you know, a huge effect. But they did come back and say those people can't vote. A judge shot that down. But, you know, once again, the damage has already been done. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Go ahead, Mr. Elias. And also, what about what about right there in your great state of Texas? The, the people at the small college that are at HBCU there. They, they're blocking them from voting, yeah. and they even they even sent a uh, the, the, the campaign manager to jail for going there to just deliver a letter. This is this is this is how important the election is, and they know it. And they, they, they if they know if, if if the Democrats take the House and the Senate, they can forget it. They can forget it. Their, their little agenda of making America white. I mean, I'm sorry, great again is over with. <laughs> Mr. Rebel himself. 
I should every time you talk, I should just turn on some like uh, public enemy in the background, man, just to kind of give you your proper background. And people are already lined up. I'm starting to read some of the comments already. People talked about. I guess when we when folks on the show said that the Senate was in play and that we would win the Senate, that Democrats would win the Senate. I should say. Let me go to Kathleen. Kathleen, um, you know, I know how passionate you are about these things. Uh, same question for you. What do you think is going to happen on Tuesday? Uh, and let's say that the Democrats uh, don't win the Senate. Would it? Is it going to be? A, would you consider it a successful election night, even if the Democrats can't win the Senate? And let's talk about the number of women who are out there running. What if a lot of the women lose? Would this effort be in vain as well? What say you? Listen. It's, okay. So here's where I'm at. It's already a success, okay. as far as I'm concerned, okay. because we see them out there something. They're running for the offices. This is something we've never seen before already, regardless of what the outcome of the election is. You know, it, it would be terrible for us to think, oh, man, we did all this work and we lost. It was a failure. Forget it. We'll never do it again. No. Uh-uh. We've got our president back in the meet, you know, in the mainstream. We see him already. Future president. Oh, I mean, a forever president. That's what they say. Forever, Mr. Forever President. I only have one, so if anybody is mistakenly thinking I'm talking about somebody else, uh, hello, there's only one. <laughs> President Obama is out there to the point where he lost his voice campaigning for Stacey Abrams yeah. and um, also in, in Georgia and also for Andrew Gillum in uh, Florida. Uh-huh. And please go to my Twitter feed so you can see a most phenomenal picture of the two of them together, and everybody's like, oh, my God, thank God. We're swooning while voting uh, with the Obama and Gilliam, and everybody, you know, people calling from a, for an Obama-Gilliam ticket, uh, uh, Gilliam president well. and Obama vice president. Jerome will have to tell us if that's possible. <laughs> but anyway. It's not possible. Um, I, think it's already, <laughs> I, I think it's already a success. So um, I don't want anyone to get discouraged in the event that we don't take the House and we don't take the Senate or whatever happens. We have made a movement here that is a phenomenal foundation for where we need to go. So, yes, I think we've been successful, and I think we need to lock arms with where we're at right now. And instead of lulling ourselves into sleepy land after Tuesday, we keep going. And keep going and keep going straight into the next election. Next thing you know, the Democrats will have all three uh, branches just like the Republicans do now. It t- this thing takes a while to turn over. So as far yeah. as I'm concerned, success is already on the, on the, on the forefront. That's a good move by you. And, you know, as far as three branches, that obviously uh, the Supreme Court is really leaning conservative. But, you know, just for clarity, she means the uh, the House, the Senate, and the presidency. You know, uh, Kathleen brought up Jerome, President Obama. He's out there making the pitch. And people love to see this guy back out there. It brings up – it's just it's reminiscent of old times. The president is actually out there talking about all the lies that the Republicans are putting out there. Let's listen to President Obama, and then I want your comments on the other side. Online radio at its best. What we have not seen before, in our recent public life at least, blatantly – repeatedly, baldly, shamelessly lying, making stuff up. The president said he'd pass a middle class tax cut before the next election. Congress isn't even in session 
He just makes it up. He says, I'm going to protect your pre-existing conditions while his Justice Department is in court right now trying to strike down those protections. That is not spin. That's not exaggeration. That's not trying to put a, a, a positive glow on things. That's lying. In the last election, it was Hillary's emails. This is terrible. Hillary's emails. We were hearing emails everywhere. That it's, uh, this is a national security crisis. They didn't care about emails. And you know how you know? Because if they did, they'd be up in arms right now as the Chinese are listening to the president's iPhone that he leaves in his golf cart. It turns out it wasn't, that, I guess it wasn't that important. So, Jerome, President Obama's out there just laying down the message, man, just pointing out the outright blatant lies that the uh, Republicans are putting out there. Because, once again, if you put it out there in the atmosphere and if you say it enough times, people may actually believe that nonsense. What say you, sir? Um, I, I really don't know where to go with, with this. Just because, you know, the Democrats are, you know, had complained, or not the Democrats, more like mainstream media always says things like, who is your leader and who can deliver a message? And President Obama has been out there for, what, 10 years now? And yeah. we seem to forget, like, that leadership comes in very in many different forms. And he has a way of de- delivering a message that a lot of those guys out there cannot do. And so we know that from them living, losing the midterms in 2010 – in 2014, um, it was not President Obama's fault. It was their fault for not letting him get out and campaign on their behalf. They thought they could live without him. And now that he's back out there, everybody's like, where has he been? Without actually putting fault on the people who did not want him to come. He's polite. He's not like this nut who will just show up at people's stuff whether they call him or not. So it just <laughs> magnifies to me. It magnifies to me how powerful he is. Kathleen's point, it has been done that a president has gone on to be vice president before or has even gone down to the Senate. It has not happened a lot in this country, but that would be interesting. I wouldn't wouldn't count him out, and I still think he's going to be... I read that. I read up on that, though, because, you know, I was sitting around going through going through my Obama withdrawals, and I read that he he can't be the vice president. I read that. yeah, I don't know when you read it, but he can weeks. be vice president. He's not allowed to uh, run for president. Read, and but, what happens okay, is that you may be right. you know they have to be. Yeah, well, what happens is that when they changed it to say that the president has term limits after Franklin Roosevelt, that um, they yeah. tried to limit the amount of times that you can run su- successively. And so even though you cannot run for president on a third term, it is very gray area. You know how the Republicans are always suing to say that that's a gray area, the president can write uh, uh, whatever executive order. It doesn't say that he can't, and they're always testing that. They need to test that as well. They need to test that to say the way it's written doesn't say that he can't run because you could be you're selected okay. as as vice president. You are not elected as vice president. They elect the president, and okay. they, the president selects a vice president. So there's nothing about him running when you're vice president. 
I thought it said serve. But okay, I mean, you, you could be right. I'll, I'll look into that. I, I just thought I read it and it said something completely different. Okay. All right. Uh, you know, Johnny D, uh, you know, obviously President Obama was down in Florida campaigning for Andrew Gillum. You know, and, and the numbers for the for the past couple of weeks now, uh, you know, Andrew Gillum was really running up or maybe like a five to six point lead. But now that thing is down to one. Um, and I'm not sure what happened. I know that the Republicans are starting to try to push this, push this message out there about illegal use of campaign funds and city funds. You know, Andrew Gillen was on Morning Joe this, uh, this week, and they asked him directly about that. And, um, you know, he gave a long answer, and it sounded somewhat of a – it sounded like he was trying to dodge it a little bit. But then they came back just for clarity and asked him the question again. Here's his response, and I want to get your comments on the other side. <laughs> Online radio at its best. Me. So just to clarify for those voters who are watching, the flight to and from St. Pete, was that paid for with city money? It was not paid for with city money. What was it paid with? It was paid out of my office account, which is leftover campaign contributions. You're allowed to move into an office account that you can then use, uh, and there's very little guidance on it, but to aid you in whatever way you deem appropriate and carrying out your responsibilities, helping to inform your uh, positions. Uh, and in this case, it was used appropriately. And there has been no source, uh, no ethics uh, determination, and certainly no legal conclusion that would suggest that I've done anything wrong or inappropriate. Mayor Gillum, I'm going to assume that. So now, uh, Johnny, do you think that? What the Republicans are starting to put out there is starting to stick because when you listen to his answer, and I encourage people to go back and listen to the first, his first response to the initial question. Uh, you know, listen, I love the guy to death, but it, he, he sounded it, well, Jay, he, he was stuttering a little bit. Well, what do you have to say about that, Johnny D? Yeah, he was definitely stuttering, but I, I'm going to do something that is pretty unprecedented. Um, I'm going to first uh, make some, some comments that, or speak on some comments that was made earlier. I'm going to Number of Americans. Go ahead, Johnny. You're back live. Hold on, hold on. Mid-term. What you said, you were accidentally. Okay. Johnny, you was at, you were accidentally muted. Go back. You you said you were okay. going to do something unprecedented. And pick uh, up yeah, I'm I'm, I'm I'm going to do something that's unprecedented, and I'm going to agree with with Dr. Williams in regards to this has been a very successful uh, midterm election in regards to the number of individuals that have gotten out. To vote uh, anytime that, that you exercise this liberty, it's a great thing. And now the unprecedented part of it is that I'm going to disagree with President Obama. So I'm going to agree with Dr. Williams, but I'm going to disagree with President Obama. Uh, during the, the, the campaign uh, rally, uh, President Obama indicated uh, when he was campaigning for Mayor Gillum that this is the, 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 the most important election cycle uh, in the history of, of this nation. I disagree. I, I think that 2008, when he was elected, is certainly by far the, the most important uh, of all of the American election cycles, because if it had not been for President Obama being elected, I don't think that we would, that, that God would have, have cast Donald Trump into the forecast of American politics, and I do not think the enthusiasm would be there. So, again, I, I applaud President Obama for, for 
being humble, but I do think the 2008 election cycle was by far the, the, the most uh, historic in this nation's history. Now, getting to your point, uh, the one thing that Mayor Gillum is going to have to do is be forthright. Uh, we all have skeletons in our closet, particularly when you deal with politics and politicians. There are always those enticements that come, and sometimes we reach out to them. Uh, he, has, he has done well as far as the debate, but certainly I don't think any of us are surprised in regards to the numbers uh, getting closer as the election day uh, gets close. I think, Jay, you and I uh, uh, talked last week in regards, well, I actually sent the, the, my, my characters on the text and, and you uh, articulated it. Florida and Georgia will not be announced on the night of November the 6th. And I think, again, what you're going to find is that as appalled as the American voter pretends to be, when they get behind that, 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 that curtain and they cast their ballot, they're going to find it very difficult to vote for an African-American candidate. So if, if Mayor Gillum is forthright and speaks the truth, then he, he basically eliminates any issues that the Santos has in regards to any type of argument as far as his administration. Now, his judiciary skills is going to have to improve if he is elected governor, but he has got to be forthright in regards to this particular scandal here because it is a scandal. It is not over, as he had indicated. They're still digging into it, and I think the more honest he is, and then the better off he's going to be on election night. Now, let's talk about that for a second, because, you know, one of the things that I noticed, even with Claire McCaskill, Ms. Delias, you know, and it was a little bit, it was a little disappointing for me. I mean, so when we say that politicians need to be more forthright, they need to be more honest, is it a situation where we say, look, there may be a little bit of, uh, you know, there may be a little bit of dirt on you, but the bottom line is, overall, you're a good person. So say what you need to say to get into office, and then once you get into office, be who you are. Because Claire McCaskill has said something. She's appeared on Fox News. She's called Democrats crazy. She said she agrees with, you know, some of the president's policy, border policies. Is that something that she's just saying just to, just to maintain that office? Because no matter what we think or say, the bottom line is that we – I don't think the Democrats will maintain the Senate, but God dang it, we have to keep as many Democrats in the House as possible. So is it acceptable when, uh, when, when these officials, you know, fudge the truth a little bit in order to, you know, for the greater good, I should say? <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you really serious right about now, man? Are you really I'm serious, serious as hell? Are you? Yes, because I am. I'd be, I'd be damned if the Republicans don't get on, 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 on TV and lie every damn day. I'd be well, damn okay, that's fine, but but no, 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 that's, fine, that's, that's fine. That's fine. No, no. Bottom line no, no. is, what we're talking about is somebody that says that they're going to repeal Obamacare and get away from pre-existing conditions. And when you find out that it's a it, that it's a great it's a great talking point that 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 they say, well, we're not going to repeal it. We're you got people and, and, and Governor Scott Walker's got a, a, a lawsuit. Right now, he's on TV talking about, well, you know what? We're not going to repeal it. We're, you know, it's a great thing. Come on, man. You know, you fight fire with fire. You fight it with fire because they're not going to fight fair. The, the Republicans have never fought fair. So if they're saying things like that, then, then they should say the same damn thing. If you're going to lie, I think everybody should lie. 
I think it should be a truth based. I think everything should be true, and you should put the truth out there. But hell, you can't you can't beat these people when they're lying in your face, and everybody's believing their lies. You can't beat them. So, so you subscribe. So you subscribe to former Attorney General's uh, Eric Holder's uh, philosophy instead of Michelle Obama's when they, uh, you know, when they go uh, low, we kick them. You're 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 down with the Malcolm X approach to politics. These people are not. Name the last time President. That, 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 I'm not even say President. Name the last time that Dump said anything true. Hell, he's he's lying to him in the middle. He's lying about everything. Okay. against the Affordable Care Act. Now, what is he saying? I'm not going to take it away okay, from you. And as soon as he gets a chance, he's going to tear your ass up. So stop it. Ted, 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 Ted Cruz, what's the LS? Calm down, brother. Uh, Ted Cruz is—he's uh, pathetic. What, what, what that guy is, uh, what he's doing is crazy. Go ahead, Jerome. You get the last word on this segment. You know, I, I want to um, kind of repeat what LES said. That cause I, this drives me nuts about Democrats. It is really why I'm probably not a Democrat. Democrats like to be really like—I I don't know what the word is. But they lose their daggone mind when they hear scandal. Like, it, ain't, it don't even have to be true. If you're being investigated, you, Democrats are like, I don't know. The people going to think this or that. Republicans can be convicted. We have a convicted or, or some guy who was on trial right now in the Buffalo area yeah. run for Congress, and he is running in a close race. And that dude is on trial. But you can whisper, um... Well, they're investigating somebody, and Democrats lose their mind. I never understood that, and it drives me crazy. Because, like Elias is saying, you have Donald Trump lying to you every day. And I think it's up to, like, I don't know, like 30 times. Like, a, Well, it's probably like something like 8 to 10 times a day or something, like his numbers are. It's over 6,000 since he's been in office. It, yeah, 6,000 right, since he's been in office, yeah. Yes, but, but here's the thing about that just to make a mental note of it. We will ignore that and talk about, well, the economy's good. Kind of nonsense, and how stupid are you, right? So even though I'm not cursing, I, I feel like I need to be really disrespectful to anybody who sits here and talks like Trump is, is um, honorable in any stretch of your imagination. And then ignore the fact that the last 21 months of Obama administration have more, um, un, have more people hired than the first 21 months of Trump's. And they're like, well, unemployment is down in the black community. That is bull. It's been going down since Obama was there. So just because you are going downhill, and I started at the top of the hill, and we're at 60, and you jump in the car after I'm going 60 miles an hour and hit 80, you can't be like, oh, look, it's going 80 miles an hour when I'm in the car, but 60 when he was in there. We need to be smarter. We need to stop having philosophical arguments. About people who are trying to hurt you That is what that is about And I really think That they're underestimating this And they do this every single Doggone campaign cycle They're underestimating the fact that The Republicans are about To get smoked to epic proportions Right And the reason <laughs> that they're doing that is because they, No I'm serious about this It's because uh... Fundamentally out of all the voters in this country, we're talking about 26% of overall voters are Republican. So when you do polls and you're like, Republicans are this and Democrats are that, you are really taking out the independents, 
And I know white females are the problem, right? They'll tell you they're going to vote one way and vote another. And I think they're doing that this time. They're telling you that they're going to vote Republican, and they're probably going to vote Democrat because they're going to go with the consensus. What's going on in the underground? I was getting my car service. White woman come. She was watching on TV, and it is pretty much a conservative place in that waiting room. I can tell. It was. I was the only black person there. The average age probably was in their 60s. And this woman was looking at TV. You could see the disgust on her. And she walked back and forth. She came and sat down, and she said, "You know what's bothering me? I vote. I vote Republican." And she goes, "I don't care if it's county clerk." Or dog catcher, I'm voting Democrat across the board. And that white woman was not playing. And I can tell you the climate is bad. It's worse than you can imagine. Because that was not in an inner city. That was not even inside of a city. That was like suburban, conservative area. So I don't think nobody can see this coming, but we need to stop talking like, you know, on TV they're saying it's a horse race and blah, 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 because they don't want to be wrong. But they were wrong because they never can measure read climate anyway. People believe on the Democratic side that folks like Hillary Clinton. LES and I was saying on this program, Hillary sucks. That should have gave you a hint towards the response that people were going to give you on, on Hillary. So we need to be smarter and not play that game that they're playing because it, it is getting sickening out here. And people, especially young people, and that's why those numbers are up amongst young people voting. And the more people vote, the more they go Democrat, that's why the Republicans are going through voter suppression. So you can't have these record number of turnouts all over the place and still think that Republicans are going to win. That is that is absolutely yeah. the opposite of rational. All right. Good stuff. All right. Uh, a programming note, Tuesday, uh, coming up this Tuesday, uh, remember our show? called Afterthoughts on the Serious Side. Well, that show still exists, folks, and the reason why that show comes on and it's called Afterthoughts is because we come on the air when there are important events. Matter of fact, the last time we were on the air was during the 2016 uh, elections. And so coming up this Tuesday, uh, 8.30 Central Time, 9.30 on the East Coast, we are going to have a very special 30-minute edition of Afterthoughts of the serious side, where we're going to sit down and we're going to rec- reflect and recollect on what happened Tuesday night. By that time, we should have some results. And so we're going to meet. Come on and join us if you don't have anything to do. 7.30 Central, 8.30 Eastern, and it's uh, 5.30 if you're on the West Coast. Uh, tune in to Afterthoughts of the serious side as we take a look at what's going on Tuesday night. should be an exciting night. Speaking of the midterms, coming up, uh, in this week's edition of In Four Minutes or Less, something that you need to know, um, NPR had an interview with uh, Congressman Storyer about what happens if the Democrats win the midterm elections. And so he asked them a range of questions, which I think will be very interesting for you to listen to. So it is time for this week's edition of In Four Minutes or Less, something that you need to know. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show. Democrats hope that next Tuesday brings them more power in Washington, power to push legislation and counter President Trump. The party faces an uphill battle in the Senate, but their chances in the House are much better. Maryland Congressman Steny Hoyer is the number two Democrat in the House, and he joins us now to talk about what a Democratic-led House will prioritize if his party wins control next week. Welcome to the program. Hi, Ari. Good to be with you. Thanks a lot. I know you have a long list of legislative priorities ranging from uh, immigration to minimum wage. 
The big question with all of these legislative priorities is, is this just symbolic with a Republican president in the White House and likely Republican control of the Senate? Are there actually things that you can get House, Senate, and the White House to all agree on where these bills could become law? Well, Aria, the American people hope so. I hope so. There are some areas where clearly uh, the president has expressed uh, that he wants to get something done. Infrastructure, health care. Uh, when he was running for president, he said he wanted to have a robust infrastructure bill. We agree with that. But if I could just pause you, you mentioned health care. I mean, the fights over health care between Democrats and Republicans for the last 10 years have been vicious. Do you actually think the parties could agree on a health care bill? Ari, if you go back to the president's uh, campaign, and he said he wanted to repeal the Affordable Care Act. He said it was awful. And then he said, I want to have a bill that ensures everybody at lower cost and higher quality. As soon as he sends that bill down to Congress, I'm voting for it. As you know, many members of the Democratic base are pushing for impeachment against President Trump. And I know you've expressed caution about moving quickly on that issue. If Democrats regain control of the House, how would you handle this? Look, uh, I know a lot of people talk about impeachment. Clearly, there are a lot of people who didn't vote for Trump and wish he weren't president. However, impeachment is an extraordinarily serious issue to consider. I think that, first of all, uh, we have a special investigation Robert Mueller is conducting. Uh, I think it's a very important uh, investigation. It's a very appropriate investigation, and we ought to make sure that that investigation is not impeded or obstructed in any way. Uh, then we need to see the results of that investigation, which I think will come up in, in, after the election. I don't know how soon after it will come up. And there'll be time to look at that and see what uh, causes there are. Let's talk for a moment about the House leadership if Democrats take control. <laughs> Nancy Pelosi, you're chuckling. <laughs> It's not the first time you've been asked the question. No, it's not the first time. (laughs) Well, do you think it's time for a change? Nancy Pelosi was first chosen to be House Speaker in 2006. Uh, Is it time for someone different to have an opportunity? Look, I think there's there's time. I'm not going to surprise you with this answer because there's there's time to deal with those issues, and the time will be after the the election. Does that mean you're not showing your hand? You you, you may or may not support her? uh, It means that... uh, there is time to discuss leadership issues after the election. Is there a risk, though, that if voters give Democrats power, saying they want change, the Democrats misinterpret that by putting the same people in power who have led the party for more than a decade? No, Ari, people are going to vote for change, I think, because they think what's going on in a broken Congress, a gridlock Congress, a Congress that refuses to address the important issues, a Congress that wants to take health care away from them, a Congress that passes a tax bill that helps the wealthiest in our country, there's going to be a very substantial change. That's what they're going to vote for, I think, and that's what they'll get. Well, Congressman, thanks for speaking with us in this final stretch of the midterm campaign. Great, Ari. Good to talk to you. Thanks a lot. Grand Rapids, Michigan, officers pointing their guns at an 11-year-old girl handcuffing her as she screamed for her mother to help. And what the police chief is now saying tonight... 
Welcome back in 347 You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show Which happens every Sunday morning Right here on the TJRS Radio Network Full panel in the house Everybody's president and, account- president and accounted for uh, Just a sad story that we're about to talk to But before we do that Because the set took so long We wanted to get one of our callers in To have some comments on the first segment Let's say good morning to David David, good morning, where are you calling from? Yes, good morning, sir I'm calling from Minnesota all right, David, what's going on, man? What's on your mind this morning? And welcome to the serious yes, side. Yeah, thank you again for taking my call. Uh, I just wanted to say, I feel like many people are getting set up with a false you know, level of expectation for these midterms that the Democrats are going to take the House and even the Senate. And uh, I think we're witnessing once again. And uh, I kind of worry for a lot of people that they're going to end up being heartbroken and really disappointed and angry when, they, when the results don't come the way they're being told them. And uh, what's being pushed right now is this idea that the Democrats are going to get 30 to 40 out. I don't think they're going to get more than 17. And I've looked at the polls, wow. I've looked at all these different states, and a lot of this, to me, is almost, it's almost embarrassing what the media is doing. And I'll give you an example of what I mean by that. I'll give you two districts as an example, nearby where I live. Minnesota's 7th District okay. and Wisconsin's 3rd District, okay? Both these districts are, are being reported to somehow they're going to go Democrat. In the case of Wisconsin 3rd, okay. they said it's going to be a safe Democrat seat. Now, let me give you some background behind that. They're using that. They're basing that off of old polling data over the last 10 years, the general idea of how, that, how those districts play out. What they're not taking into account is how the electorate has changed. In Minnesota 7th District, okay. Trump won that district by 30 points, 30 points. Yet CNN is claiming that the Democrats are going to win that seat by 22 points. Despite the fact that there's no polling data whatsoever done on that district, and they're completely ignoring the fact that in the Midwest especially, people that traditionally vote a Democrat are now completely behind Trump. And that's, a, that's a narrative that I see completely being neglected by the mainstream media. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that Democrats did not take an honest and interesting look at the 2016 election and ask themselves the question of how did Trump manage to win Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin, Indiana, nearly one Minnesota. And people felt comfortable saying it was because of Russian collusion. Therefore, there was no need to actually look into how all these districts that were for Obama flipped to Trump. And so because of that, people, you know, they didn't see what was coming. And now, once again, the same narrative is being repeated by the media. They're claiming that women are going to be the deciding factor. Suburban white women are going to be the factor. Women are going to break 25 points to Democrats. This is the exact same arguments they made before the 2016 election. And I cannot believe people are, are literally making the same mistake twice. And it's just, I feel bad because I, I know how people are going to react Tuesday night when they come to see that Republicans still have the House and they add three to six seats in the Senate. People are going to be furious. Hmm. All right, David. Well, David, listen, we want you to tune in. Thanks for the phone call, sir. Uh, we want you to tune in on Tuesday night uh, and to see if his, uh, his predictions will come true. Thank you for the phone call. Uh, go ahead, Jerome. I know you may want to real quick respond. Yeah, I definitely you know, want to make sure we spend some time on this story. Yep, I, I actually kind of agree with him a little bit that it. I don't know if it's going to hit 46. I can't say that they're going to take 46. And But he, he has to take into consideration the factors are totally different. You're talking about people going against Hillary Clinton. Like, it wasn't them voting against Democrats. They were actually voting against somebody. And people take, don't take that into account 
that folks don't love Trump. So it's not that they love him. It's the fact that sometimes they were voting against him. And that narrow margin in which he won um, is actually kind of a reflection of, you know, the, the discontent that some people had on the Democratic side. And that discontent isn't there if she's not there. So she's not stomping the campaigning for somebody. That's why the Democrats keep running the we hate Nancy Pelosi stuff. But I agree with him is that the energy will be deflated if the, if the Democrats lose. But there's so much scandal, and there's so many people indicted and going to prison on the Trump administration side that they're ignoring that for the economy. So there's a lot of factors to be considered. This is not the same climate that it was when he won. So I can understand why he's saying that, but the reason that people are, the Republican enthusiasm going up for Kavanaugh is like saying, you know, and, and I'm going to be extreme, I know I am, just for example, it's like saying the guy who raped the, the, the kid did not get convicted, so we're mad that you actually tried him. And that's how the Republicans are seeing the Kavanaugh fight, is saying you have no proof that he did that, although we don't know if he did it or not. We are mad that you even brought it up. And that is a sick way to live. And I think that's disgusting, disgusting to people on the other side of this thing. And he can't see, like, the, the discontent or the, the uh, resentment that people have for you loving something that's so negative. But, again, it is subjective. Politics is always subjective when it comes to polling. I am saying my perspective from the amount of, New voters and early voters. We hit over 31 million um, early voters, which is unheard of. And those numbers skew that there are more percentage of millennials that then voted now than they did last time. So we know that Republicans are not polling well um, for people 35 and under. So when you have more 35 and under in there, you know that it may be skewed a little bit. So during the last week yeah. of voting, last two weeks, they used you know, likely voter models, and no, he was right. Those models are always wrong. But the thing to take into consideration is the climate on the ground, not the not the polling and the early voter models or the likely voter models. That can't work because there's too right. many new voters into the system. All right. Uh, Jerome, so let's spend the remaining. Add, oh, Jay, I just wanted to add to Jerome's um, analogy that um, you said that we're angry. You, you know, you didn't have enough evidence, so we're angry that you even tried him or asked the question. Right. But I wanted to add, you're ang we're, you didn't have the evidence because we hid it from you or wouldn't allow you to get the evidence mm -hmm. if the evidence is there. Exactly. Don't is, even consider we, that. We wanted to make sure you couldn't find the evidence, and so now we're mad that you didn't, you're, you're asking the question. Right. Because we didn't ask it, you know. I just wanted to add that piece because there's yeah. the, you know, that's, Im that's important. Yeah, that's important than seeing one side of an argument saying that the enthusiasm is up because of Kavanaugh. But the disgusting part of that is that you hid the evidence and you would not let that process happen and you rushed them through thinking that that's not going to make the other folks mad that they didn't get justice. You cannot take one side over the other and not make a consideration for how it's going to play out across the board. So our, the, the early voter numbers are so doggone high that it doesn't make logical sense that the people are running out the vote because you tried to derail somebody who we know is bad people and we tried to rush through, so now I'm mad. That is fake outrage. 
Yeah. All right, tell you what we're going to do. Let, let, let me, let me let, go ahead, Ka- Kathleen, finish your thought. Go ahead. Thank um, I'm going to leave you guys because I'm going to church. But the thing also is the same thing that they're doing with the vote, right, with the voter suppression. They're saying, well, you know what? We won't get our way, which is what they did with Kavanaugh. If we let you do the investigation, we won't get our way. So if you get to vote, we won't get our way. So what we'll do is manipulate it and hide the vote and destroy the vote and uh, prevent you from voting so that we can get our way. And the same thing that they did with the evidence on Kavanaugh. We don't want you to see it, because if you do, we won't get our way. So to make sure we get it, we'll do whatever by by any means necessary, which is why I'm so with uh, Mr. Elias on the very radical way of looking at these things, because that's where the Republicans are going, by any means necessary. And they go even the criminal route to get what they want. So yeah. God bless all y'all. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Yeah, all right. Well, we'll say goodbye to Kathleen. Kathleen, thank you so much for being here this morning. Uh, tell you what we're going to do. We're going to step out, take a quick break because I want to make sure we didn't talk about this, but we're going to talk about it on the other side. Let's step out so we can give it at least thirty minutes and we can talk. Matter of fact, both topics kind of dovetail into each other. So we'll step out, take a real quick break, and uh, and we'll have this conversation on the other side. Listen to the serious side. We'll be right back. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, is that mess? Oh, okay. Uh, maybe, okay, that is crazy. Tell you what we're going to do. Let's do NPR News, then we'll come back on the other side. Wow, I don't know what's happening with that. And uh, we'll talk to you on the other side. Where we, oh, oh, my God, all of us coming in crazy. All right, so there's a problem with the board, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, well, let's uh, let's do this. Why don't we just skip the top of the hour break, and let's get into this next story, hopefully. Uh, we can hear it. I'm not sure what's going on with the board. We apologize for that. All right, we talked about, we wanted to, to, to spend some time talking about the 11-year-old who was cuffed by police. Uh, let's see if we can hear the story. Let's see if we can talk on the other side. If not, we're going to just kind of wing it here. Sorry about this. Online radio at its best. This hard-to-watch video sparking outrage tonight. No! No! no They're not going to jail or anything. Those screams from 11-year-old Honesty Hodges. The incident, captured on the officer's body cam, began when the elementary school student, her mother, and aunt were leaving a home in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Police incorrectly believed the suspect, sought in an attempted murder case, was hiding inside. Weapons drawn, the girl, terrified, starts crying as the officer cuffs her. I didn't do anything wrong. I've never been in trouble by the Grand Rapids Police. Her mother demanding answers. You got us all into cop cars. Have my child scared. Like, why? For what? The Grand Rapids Police Chief admitting the young girl was not treated properly. Listening to the 11-year-old's response uh, makes my stomach turn. It, It makes me physically nauseous. And, David, the police chief says the 11-year-old should not have been treated as an adult and says there's an internal investigation into the officer's actions underway. Johnny D., let me go to, go to, go to you on this. Um, look, um, I've been telling people, uh, using this platform to tell folks to go and look at the movie The Hate You Give. Uh, I'm not sure if any of our guys, if any of you guys have seen this movie. Uh, it's a must-watch. Um, it's a movie that really 
brings it all home. It really captures the, the the mood of this current environment in which we live. And if you see this video of this young girl, I, when I tell you she looks like the main character in that movie, it's chilling. And when she started screaming, the officers, when they were putting handcuffs on her, saying, stop yelling, they don't understand that this young girl was scared beyond anything that they could ever imagine that she could die right there in that backyard. And because the police received the report that there was a murder suspect in the area, I think that's what it was, and they went to the wrong house. They thought that this person was hiding in this house. And for them to... Johnny D, let me just get your reaction to this whole thing, man, and just... And you know you can comment on uh, comment on it, and you know just say what you want to say. It's it's, it's chilling to listen to, and it's chilling to watch. Your thoughts? Oh, boy. Well, first off, uh, what I would like to do, Jay, is uh, I'm gonna make a real quick reference, if if, if I'm allowed to do so, with the listener game. Uh, it it is amazing um, the gift and opportunity that you present each each week um, to think that. That's a pretty informed individual, although I'm not saying whether or not I agree with them. But they invite us into their home uh, to provide information. And the way that he articulates uh, his community, uh, I, again, I, I just, uh, I'm just i just humbled by this opportunity. So, I, again, I did want to applaud not only, you know, the broadcast itself, but also the type of listeners that, that listen in to the serious side. It, it's a commendable uh thing to, to be part of, of this particular uh, group of contributors. Um, the Hate You Give, I'm actually reading the book. Uh, I do plan to go see the movie uh, at some point um, when it comes down to the to the dollar fifty movie or something similar to that. But the reality <laughs> of it is, is um, well, you know, it, it's for, for a family of five, it's, it's, it's 60, $60 dollars when I go out. So definitely so. But but the book but the book does not um, uh, demonstrate those type of uh, emotions. But in all fairness to law enforcement, you've got a, a large majority of individuals out there that's doing good work in the public. But then you've got these these condescending uh, individuals who are not properly trained and come in for entirely different reasons. You know, being part of the law enforcement community, I've seen individuals allow that shield to make them Superman or Superwoman, and it's sad. And, and even the response that the officer gave to the young lady, now here it is, this young lady is terrified. Uh, and, and this is played out in our cities and in our counties every single day when, you know, law enforcement make these patrols through the communities and just glare and stare at the citizens, you know, without speaking. You know, and, and, and I, tell, I tell the people that I deal with, you know, it, it's our right to, to foster public relations So it's not up to them to speak to us first It's up to us to speak to them first Because 80% of the crimes that solve Typically is because a citizen Steps out on their own And say you know what hey It was such and such who did it And I just think we owe our communities That we, that we police and that, and that we patrol in A lot more than what we oftentimes give them uh, This is a terrifying situation And what I have had to do over my lifetime Is prepare my my, my, my kids for those type of episodes, you know, being part of the community, but at the same time understanding that I'm not with them all the time, and i got to prepare them on how to respond 
to law enforcement. And, and, and it's sad, but it is a sign of our times. Uh, just to hear the pitch of, of their screams is, mm. uh, it, it saddens me. But again, you know, you, you, this person probably was working at Target six months prior to that, you know. So, you know, unlike when I came into the law enforcement, you had a lot of people coming out of the military that was going into law enforcement. Now, again, you've got people who, who working at the Dairy Queen as a manager, and the next thing you know, they're sitting up there with, with, with a firearms on their side, policing the community. And I just think that that was poor police, and I, I do applaud the chief on this particular effort that said that that was inappropriate. But then at the same time, when you had the three African-American males, he, he, he saw no fault in handcuffing them individuals. So it, it, it shows some degree of gender bias there. Again, grand rapid speeding, you know, but uh, it, it's, it's alarming and sad, to be quite honest with you. Mr. Elias, your thoughts? My thoughts are, you know what, man, this is an this this is this is a sad event. And and the bottom line is Tamir Rice was killed at twelve years old for for planning a park with with a with a toy gun, which is stuff we used to do as kids all the time. So this is this is nothing new under the sun. They 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 treat us what about the what about the one in Detroit where we watched on um um uh the first four days where they broke into the wrong house and killed a young girl? This is happening all along and they don't treat us at, or see us as human beings, man. They don't. I'm sorry. They they, they you know, the some of the some of the law enforcement are good. Some of them I you can't say all law enforcement is bad, but some of them they're horrible, man. They are horrible. I think one of the most, I, and I, I did get a chance to see the hate you give. I think one of the most powerful scenes in that movie is when, when uh, Star asked Common, which was her uncle, you know, uh, what would you see? What, what, what when, it, when he said that um, if I see a, a, a African American kid and he reaches for a brush or anything in his car. I, I, you know, I'll, you know, of course I'm going to shoot him because I, it's either my life or his. And then she turned around and said, "Well, what if that was a white man, who in a Mercedes, who could be a big drug dealer, and he did the same thing? Would you do the same thing to him?" And he said, "No." So even our own people sometimes look at us as, 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 as in the same light, man. And that, that's the damn thing. That is damn thing. You know, Jerome, um, you know, one of the things, one of the most powerful shows on the serious side that I remember uh, you being, you know, and this was early on, man, maybe three years ago, when you talked about the young man who got shot outside that strip club on his, at his bachelor uh, bachelor's party. And, you, and how you laid that out profoundly about the number of bullets that were used and, and, and all the things that took place during that encounter and how vivid and how, you, you know, that was a raw uh, story that you told and how you brought that up and, and, and how you really gave us, I mean, I really felt by listening to you, I learned more about that story by listening to you versus what we read in the papers or online or wherever you get your news from. When you hear a cop tell this young lady to stop yelling, we're not going to send you to jail, stop yelling, you know, they just don't get it. It's almost as if you're sitting there waiting. So let, 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 if, if, let's flip it. If the cop was sitting on his knees 
somewhere with some people with masks on reading some video, you know, reading some statement before they behead that person. That's the type of fear that ran through that young lady's mind. So they can't relate because they don't understand how the cop who's pulling this person over may say, oh, you know, I'm not going to hurt you. Why are you yelling? But this just goes to show that they don't understand the sensitivity of what their actions do and how they have a, a profound effect on people. When I tell you that young lady looks like that character from that movie, when I saw this, it was almost as if this scene came from the movie. And she screamed. I mean, oh, my God, it, it's, it's powerful video. But, Jerome, when you, when you think about that, you know, this young lady had every right in the world to scream like this, man, because she did not know whether her life was coming to an end in a matter of minutes. Let's see you. Did we lose Jerome? No, he's still here. Nope, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Yeah, it, it is one of those situations where we have um, we don't have any empathy for anybody else. So police training kind of is, I guess their belief, and I don't know this from officers, from any officers that I know, but it's almost like you're just supposed to be scared of us and sit down and shut up. And we have gone through this country like that when it comes to black people and not white folks. White folks can argue and yell and kick and scream, and they'll be like, just calm down, just calm You know, they'll talk to them differently. And to not know why an 11-year-old is terrified of being arrested is crazy, right? I don't know if that officer has any kids. I don't know I, I don't know what their um, relationship is with anybody else, but he showed that he has no empathy and he is not a peace officer at all. Like he's not there for the public good because he has no empathy for people. And he probably needs to be demoted, put on desk duty, but he should not interact with the public. Because to not know that an 11-year-old is going to be terrified, especially black folks, right, is crazy these days. So anytime I see a situation, and I've said this years ago, is that black people have a, should have a fear of law enforcement. Now, the thing is, is that we have proof that law enforcement killed black people before they asked them questions. So... That's a natural thing that we would have fear of. White folks don't have fear, should not have a natural fear of clutching their purse when a black person steps on the elevator. But they do, and they believe that that's just. But they have no proof of black people getting on elevators snatching jack from anybody, right? That, theirs is reasonable and ours isn't. And we need to change that paradigm, or we need to at least shine a big light on it to say when a police officer, if you approach somebody who happens to be black, you need to understand this. They could be terrified of you. They already don't trust you, and you need to proceed in a certain manner. So I'm not telling you that you need police training. I'm tired of people saying that. I'm just saying that their humanity sucks, and they need to work on that part of training. Yeah. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. Uh, you know. As I, as, as you know, as I watch the video, as I, you know, just try to put things in perspective of where we are in this country, it's almost as if, man, we're reliving the 60s. I haven't seen anything like this in a very, very long time. Hate crimes are up. Um, you know, it, it, 
Is it all about President Obama? Is it a situation where these people were so upset that this man won the White House that they're going to say, you know what, we're going to make sure that never happens again, which is a perfect segue into our next story. Uh, let's listen to this, and uh, we'll talk on the other side. Hopefully, it's, uh, hopefully this thing works. Let's see. That's a lead into the break, so that sound is not in there. Okay, so it was a sound. Two two African American African Americans were shot in Kentucky. Uh, it looked like a racist individual tried to break into a black church, which the doors were locked. Which really that threw me off when I when I read that the doors were locked, that the person could not get into. Uh, the area in which they were trying to get into, it was locked. So he says, you know what? I'm going to go somewhere. I'm going to kill me some some Negroes. So he went to a local Kroger, and he shot an African-American man inside the store. People started running. He came out into the parking lot and shot an African-American woman before he was apprehended. Um, This happened a week during the Jewish slaying, so it didn't get a lot of news play. You know, Johnny D., when we look at these deranged individuals, it was the same week also of the guy sending out the bombs to all these different Democratic leaders. When we look at um, what we're seeing here from individuals acting out their true passions, you know, David Duke uh, last week talked about how proud he was of President Trump because President Trump finally said, you know, he's a white nationalist and, you know, we need to embrace this. And, and you know, we, we heard about robo racist robocalls that went out in Georgia uh, over the weekend uh, against Stacey Abrams. We, we, and we found out that those robocalls, their origin was from a white supremacist group. These people are on the rise. And so as Americans, as African Americans, should our senses be heightened because we could just be doing what we do and we could be confronted by white people who think they have the ability and the right to tell you that you're breaking the law or people who are just outright crazy that would just walk up on you and shoot and kill you. Places like Kroger. I mean, I go to Kroger to buy stuff all the time. Little, you know, I am not, you know, these are soft targets. I am not going to Kroger in a military mindset saying, hey, I need to be on the move or watch out. But good God, is that the America and the environment that we're living in right now because of who we have at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue? It certainly is. Um, you know, you can look at the, the element of, of mental health, and mental health really has to take a more comprehensive look in America because there are a lot of not only drug-dependent individuals, but there's a lot of people out there that it's mentally challenged. So the the Greg Bushes, the, the Caesar Sayoks, and the Robert Bowers of the world, these people are out there in groves, and they are being flamed by the Trump and the Trump regime and the Trump agenda. And, and it's sad. Uh, you know, I, I was reading an article as well in regards to the incident in Kentucky, and what it indicated is that there was a church member who actually saw this 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 individual out there, Bush, uh, being irrational. So that's how the door okay. became locked. Um, you know, I, I okay. know there's oftentimes I'm in the church uh, as, as, as a trustee and you know, we may have the church open in most instances. Um, and like I say, this was just God's will, you know, to make sure that he protected, I think they said it was nearly 70 people that was in the sanctuary that night having services. 
and there's no doubt that he would have committed a, a horrific crime. You know, a couple of years ago, I had an opportunity to go and do a, a, a presentation in, in Charleston, South Carolina, at Mother Emanuel Church, and I had the opportunity also to go down in the in the worship area, the downstairs worship area, where um, the young man Dylan came in and, and killed those nine parishioners. And that church will never heal. The history of the church is magnificent, uh, dating back, you know, over 150-some-odd years. But the people, you still see the pain in their faces. You still hear the pain in their voices. And the church really fragmented after that, you know, because they lost their, their inspirational leader. So there's no doubt that this would have occurred. It would have been a far greater tragedy. But certainly that was God's will and his work at that point in time. My my prayers go out to the two individuals in the Kroger's parking lot. But even from that standpoint there, um, you know, you had a, a, a citizen that I understand drew fire. And this is this is actually what thwarted his attempt to, to, to kill more. But uh, these racially charged yeah. incidents are, are going to occur more. Even at the polls here in, in this state here, it, you know, it's, it's, it's voter suppression because uh, what, what you have is you've got these these mobs out there who are out there intimidating voters, you know, African-American voters. Uh, we had a, a gentleman who, shame on him for, for, for being in the Republican Party, but uh, they, they, they jumped on him at the polls here recently. So okay. I'm, I'm just a firm believer that on, on November the 6th, uh, like I said, uh, if, if, if you are constitutionally sound, and I believe in the Second Amendment as well, so I make sure that I'm always armed. I've already voted because yep. I don't want to be out there in the fray and the fragment. But I, I think that there's going to be some issues in some states on November the 6th, and it's going to be simply fueled by Trump and his message. I, I, I do believe that wholeheartedly. Wow. That's uh, that's uh, you take heed to the warning. Uh, you know what? And, and it would be a perfect place uh, for people to want to make a statement to do those types of things. Let's bring in our director of uh, social media outreach, uh, Jackie. Good morning, Jackie. How you doing? I'm doing well. How's everybody doing? All right, it's just doing good this morning. I'm doing well. Tell everyone how they can tell everyone how they can stay in contact with the show when it's off the air, if you don't mind, madam. If you want to keep up with the TJRS Radio Network, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and all three pages have the same ending handle, facebook.com slash groups, twitter.com, instagram.com slash TJRS Radio. Keep up with us. Definitely keep up with us. Thank you so much for uh, coming in. If you're tuning in, we have we're having some technical difficulties, but uh, nevertheless, the show continues to go on three four seven eight five zero one two seven two as we continue to talk about uh, just events happening to people that look like us and sound like us. It's just unfortunate that we live in, a, in an America where you know you never know uh, what can happen, what some deranged person. Can come and do, and we can sit here and say that the president's rhetoric. He says that it doesn't. It, uh, you can't blame him. You know, it's funny how Republicans stepped up to the plate. Jerome is like, oh, you know, when this guy shot all those people uh, at the baseball game, no one blamed Bernie. But Bernie's not out there saying the things that Trump is saying on a day-to-day basis. This is hypocrisy at the highest. And what I can't understand is how Congress allows this man to continue to do the things that he's doing. And 
you know, it's the game of politics. Because I'll be honest with you, I am disappointed in Claire McCaskill. I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed that she's, you know, talking this guy up. Be who you are. Be true to who you are. Uh, this is nonsense. And so we have situations where these people are guarded by folks. You know, and here we are walking around in public because Trump has gotten his, his base all riled up. And all of a sudden, here we are in trouble because sometimes, like, you know what? I'm going to go out here and kill me some black people. I'm going to get rid of Jews. You know, because one of the guys who was, you know, who uh, I think who shot all those, uh, those Jews, I think he said something about immigrants, you know, invading our, invading our country. That's the same type of language that the president uses, Jerome. And here we are in this situation where we're dealing with this nonsense. It's, it, it just don't make no sense whatsoever. Now, Mr. Elias, you know, we talk about being armed. We talk about, you know, trying to do the right thing. You know, one of the things we always say on the show is that African Americans always feel that they have to explain themselves to white folks. And this is all about the president, man. Is it not? It's exactly all about the president. Look, man, this, this guy's a leader. He's supposed to be the leader of the country. When does he speak up to say anything? Even, even in Charlottesville. Think about Charlottesville. There, there were good people on both sides. Really? Well, in your world, there probably was good people on both sides. But, hell, I, I, I never know any Nazi to be a, a good person. Not, not, not one thing about a Nazi is a good person. So, I mean, the rhetoric that this guy spews all, all day long every day is crap, and he keeps it. It's like he keeps a game going constantly. Where if if I can throw the shadow game over here, 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 here. I mean, think about how many scandals this guy has a day, a day. Think about that. His, his, I once saw someone, somebody posted something in California. If Trump doesn't say anything today, it's free gas all day long. Nobody's ever won that. So, you know, Jackie, while we have you here, I want to get your comments on this. Uh, you know, the the current climate in this country, it's almost as if this guy is trying to start a race war. It really and truly is. It's almost like this guy is trying to put white against black because he knows that this stirs up the very nasty core of his supporters. And you can sit here and say, oh, you know, uh, I support his the tax cuts, I support this. No, if you support this man, you support what he stands for. And so don't sit here and come back and say this nonsense to me that, oh, well, you know, uh, uh, you know, we, we support, you know, we support what he's trying to do. If you support his tax cuts, it means you support this man as an individual, which means you support his racist tendencies. Your thoughts, Jackie? Well, I'm in agreement with you. I'm in so agreement. You, I mean, you, 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 far as I'm concerned, you stand for everything that he's spewing out, which ain't nothing but hatred to me. And it's just horrible, like, like what you said earlier. What we're not walking around in a minute military mindset, but like you said, is that what we have to start doing now? I do. Is that the way we got to live our lives? We, You know, we can't even so much as walk around. <laughs> I, I'm like Johnny D. And not D. worry about getting hurt or something like that. 
It's crazy. I I never go anywhere with unarmed. I don't. I'm sorry. I'm like Johnny D. I I always I always have, I always have my pistol with me. I'm sorry. The only time I don't have my pistol with me is when I fly. But if I have, if I'm in my vehicle, I have my pistol with me. It goes with me wherever I go. It's like American Express. I never leave home without it. I'm sorry. This is just crazy to me. The climate that we live in, where you can't even walk down the street. Or you can't go anywhere without somebody confronting you. And it, these are the same people that talk about this is America, free of free America's freedom, all this other stuff. But you can't you can't speak freedom. You can't say I can't disagree with you and have a different opinion than you without you getting upset and want to fight. No, sorry. Yeah, this is a uh, this is just a moment in history where. Unfortunately, you know, I, I always talk about moments in history. You know, one of the things I said I was privileged and blessed to, to see, you know, the greatest basketball player of all time play. Uh, I was privileged and blessed to be alive uh, when this nation's first African-American president was voted into office. You know, there are a lot of things that I'm thankful for. And, you know, these are th- these are moments in history that will be talked about in generations to come. And I'm like, you know what? I was here. I, you know, I, I was I was fortunate to share the earth with Martin Luther King. Even though I wasn't around, you know, he w- you know I was only here for a short period of time while he was here. But uh, once again, I did, uh, you know, uh, I was here when you know, Dr. King was alive. So these are things that you can go back and look at and say, hey, these are historical moments which will be written in textbooks uh, for years to come, uh, but then we're also living in a moment, Johnny D, that will also be remembered in history in years to come. It's almost as if that this is what's happening right now is this generation's civil rights movement. I mean, the, the, uh, the, when you look at what's going, what was going on back in the '60s versus what's going on right now, the only thing different when you're watching it on TV is that now you're watching it in 1080 pitch versus back in the day you was watching it in black and white. I mean, you, you see it now. Don't get me wrong; it's not as bad as it was then. You know, when people—I reject that statement when people say, "Oh, you know, uh, it's just as bad as it was back then." No, it's not. But I, I promise you that uh, the, the sentiment, though, and the environment, and the tone, and some of the stuff that you see play out on live TV reminds you of the civil rights movement. Uh, you know, Johnny D. Jay, I, I'm, 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 oh, there he is. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, I, I will be honest. I, I'm, I'm pondering on 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 that on that piece right there, and, and my response may not necessarily give the dignity to to the way that that that, that you so eloquently spoke it, uh, because I'm one who looks at this more this time in this era as. Mm-hmm. The calamity, um, you know, be, being a, a person of, of, of faith, uh, there, there, there is going to be a, a reckoning. There's going to be a time where, you know, the arrogancy of America will will be admonished. And I think that we mm. are living in that time. So I don't necessarily equate it to the civil rights movement because, again, <laughs> seeing that picture of, of, of my grandfather uh, holding that sign saying, you know, I am a man. You know, I don't think that we mm. can quite get the essence of being treated in that fashion, particularly when 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 we drive our fancy cars and, and 
and, and live in our, our, our homes and, you know, are able to, to, to talk freely as we are even now on, on across America. So uh, I just think that we're living in an era where America is, is going through that phase where every great nation, and you look back in the history of the world, every great nation, every great nation has met their demise because of the arrogancy, the divisiveness, and God's wrath is upon us. And, you know, I don't want to get too, 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 too theological on that, but that, that's kind of where my mindset is. So I don't necessarily equate it to the civil rights component, not when I go to school. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm of, of the dark-skinned persuasion. Uh, and I remember, you know, classrooms where it was plenty of Johnny Hawkins setting up in there. But to, to look at it right now, I don't necessarily see that. So I, I think that there is a blending of the races, even though this is a time frame whereby, you know, the, the, the Trump administration is trying to create some habit. I still think that there's good people who are trying to, 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 to have a more united uh, tie with one another. So I don't think the races are as, 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 as divided as perhaps we see on the news media playing out, not when I see the day-to-day life of, of people. But, uh, again, I do think that this is a, a time frame where this, 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 this great nation and the arrogancy will, will, will ultimately be punished. Um, so that's, that's, that's my comment. I get it. I, I get it on that. I mean, you're listening, and you, you're absolutely correct when you look at it from that perspective. You know, I'll swing back around to you, uh, uh, Ms. Elias. If you look at it in the context of, okay, you know, maybe this is the reckoning, right? Maybe this is a situation where, you know what, America, uh, you've been doing things the wrong way. And the bottom line is that because you didn't embrace this guy as president, because you didn't do the things that you needed to do, it's time for you to be punished with Donald Trump. And so I don't know. Maybe let me ask you this question: In the overall scheme of things, Miss Delias, do you think that this period in time, this period in time, that this is really, it's you know, Donald Trump is like the, like the, um, what's that medicine your grandparents used to give you and it tasted horrible? Turpentine. But, but you know you. What is what is it? Turpentine. Turpentine. Turpentine or cod liver oil. Cod liver oil. There you go. Cod liver oil. Is is he the cod, is he the cod liver oil of this nation? We needed to have this in order for us to wake up. So so even though right now we're living in the middle of this and we think, good God, this is ridiculous. But at the end of the day, we're like, you know what? In the overall big scheme of things, someone's going to come back 50 years from now saying, even though this guy sucked as president, the bottom line is that it is what the need, the nation needed to correct itself. Is he a correction? Right? Is he a correction of what's going on? Where now that we see, okay, if you're not on, t- if you're not on top of your game, this is what can happen. This guy can become president of the United States. Is this a correction in so many way- ways? And Will his presidency, when we look at it, you know, decades from now, would be a necessary evil in order for this country to get back on its uh, right path? No, I don't think so, Jay. I just, well, I, I, what, my, my, I'm sorry. I just, I just think what I think happened was racism. 
You know, that that's just it. They, the racists came out in droves. That's what that's what happened. What a necessary evil. The racist people came out. It was like we'll never have another black person in office. Like like you said it many times before. You know, we don't want another black man in office ever, ever, ever again. Think about how how if they'd have worked with this, uh, if the, the, the Republicans would work with with President Obama instead of their own agenda, how how the country could be running right now. You know, a necessary evil. No, I don't agree with that, Jay. I, I'm sorry, I can't agree with that because the Republican Party, all they are obstructionists. They're obstructionists, and and at, and, and at the worst, they're liars. So, I mean, the bottom line is they're, they're trying to take away your Medicare, your Medicaid, and your Social Security. They're borrowing money, and then they call it entitlement. And enti- no, it's an it's, 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 Medicare, Medicaid is, is an insurance that I pay into every week. It's not an entitlement. It is not an entitlement. It never has been an entitlement. I pay money into that. Entitlement is not something I pay money into. I'm sorry. It's an insurance that I pay money into, and it's called FICA. So bottom line is, I, I don't agree with that. Say, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't. I just can't agree with that one. Hey, man, that's fine. That's fine. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. You listen to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. Uh, didn't say good morning to people this morning. We had some technical difficulties in the mid part of the show, so let's say good morning to a lot of folks. Good morning, to people out there in the chat. Could be the man is usually in the house. What's going on? Look like Momo Beezy is in the house. Yeah, hey, Momo. That's what's here earlier. Hey, Momo. Yeah. She's in the house. What's up to all the people out there listening? Uh, Chatterbox is coming up here shortly as we finish up the segment. You know, sometimes, you know, live radio, you never know what could happen, but we appreciate you hanging in and we thank you all for listening to the show. Uh, you know, once again, this. So now, you know, let's talk about Jeff Sessions, uh, the Justice Department, because the Justice Department, in this case with the man who shot the two African American folks, they're going to go out, this is going to be a hate crime. This is going to be classified as a hate crime. Uh, the guy who shot the folks in Pennsylvania, that's going to be classified as a hate crime. So, you know, we, we kind of talk about, you know, Jeff Sessions and the, the and, and, his, um, and his Justice Department. Is this a situation where can we give them credit here, or is this just a situation that, all these things are already in place, and so this is just a natural flow of business. So we don't give him any credit. Just like people talk about Trump getting credit, Johnny D. You know, he gets credit for things. The bottom line is he just happens. The system will continue to work regardless who is in the White House. So this is a situa- is this a situation where the Justice Department is just doing what the Justice Department is doing? It really doesn't, you know, Jeff Sessions doesn't have really any impact on this because he's just the man who's in charge right now. But this would have happened whether a Democrat or a Republican was uh, the Attorney General of the United States. I would have to agree with, with, with that partly. And the other part I, I truly believe is the fact of the relationship that um, Trump has with with the son-in-law. Um, I think that probably plays uh, a significant role in regards to the, the hate crimes uh, being charged. Oh, okay. The, 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 the Bowser man. Um, right, right. So I, I think that's why okay. his his motivation has been there. Um, his, his dabbling hmm. in uh, entertainment, um, you know, oftentimes, you know, when, when you look at these executives, uh, they are of, of, of the Jewish religion and faith. Um, 
the, the, the television executive. So I think that relationship has something to do with it. But I think more importantly, it's probably the fact of um, his his son-in-law, Jared Kushner. Yeah. So I, I, I yeah. don't think that he would have if he would have done this if if it had not been that close to his best. Clearly, uh, this is a man who cares uh, deeply for I think the daughter. Um, I think he cares more for the daughter Ivanka than he does probably the remainder of family. But again, I, I'm not going to. I, I can't verify that, but I think that relationship has a more significant staple, at least in the the immediate uh, the immediate information that we see available to him. So I, I think that that played a, a great deal into uh, his involvement and the ex expediting of this being designated as, as a hate crime. Um, you know, if you look at uh, the, the gentleman in Florida, uh, Mr. Sayoc, you, you, could, you can say that that's a hate crime, even though it is a, of a political party. That hasn't been mm-hmm. identified as, as, you know, they're going to do federal charges simply because it, it was in the, the mail itself. And then you look at this, this gentleman, uh, this Gregory Bush in Lexington, now, of course, they're talking about some, some federal charges, but you have not seen them come outright and have the media behind it uh, as, as you have the incident that happened in Pittsburgh. Hmm. What about you, Mr. Elias? Your thoughts on that? Okay. Did we lose them? Mr. Elias? So lost him, too. All right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. You know, I don't know, man. You know, when we sit back and, and kind of think about everything that's going on here, uh, it's just a bad place that this country's in. It really and truly is. It's a bad, bad spot. And you know, the bottom line is, is that we just have to do better as human beings. We have to do better as human beings. All right, let's let's step out, and take a break here. Um, it's just um, makes you think, guys. Makes you think. Just be careful what you're doing. Be careful. Be careful. Just keep your eyes open. All right. NPR News Update, Chatterbox, and uh, we'll close it out. You're listening to the serious side of the J-Rowell Show. French President Emmanuel Macron says a majority of voters in today's independence referendum in the French South Pacific Territory of New Caledonia have chosen to remain part of France. Macron appeared on television from Paris today after New Caledonians turned out in large numbers for today's vote. The French Prime Minister is now expected to meet with New Caledonian officials to discuss the future. Polling ahead of next year's elections for the European Parliament show the French far right has overtaken the party of President Macron. From Brussels, Terry Schulzer reports that support for Macron's party has been fading since the summer. In May, Macron's centrist party, Republic on the Move, was polling at 27% in the race for seats in the European Union legislature. And the far-right party of Marine Le Pen, the Rassemblement National, formerly the National Front, was 10 percentage points behind. But in a new poll, the French Institute for Public Opinion found Republic on the Move at just 19%, while Le Pen's group is two points higher. Combining all far-right parties' results gives the movement almost a third of votes, up from a quarter in August. European Parliament elections every five years help determine who gets top seats in the EU bureaucracy. Like in elections all over Europe and North America, immigration will be a key issue in next year's vote. For NPR News, I'm Terry Schultz in Brussels. 
New York City Marathon is set to get underway. The first participants, the professional wheelchair division, preparing to start this hour in all some 50,000 athletes from around the world are expected to take part in the race. I'm Giles Snyder, and this is NPR News from Washington. Seven eight five zero one two seven two. It's time for Chatterbox. Final thoughts from the uh, chat room and from social media. Mr. Elias, man, do you have anything from uh, the chat room this morning, sir? Something from Momo B, and I got something from Momo B and uh, Corvina man. Corvina man says, "Arbitration." Dems win thirty-two seats in the House. GOP keeps control of the Senate, fifty-two to forty-eight. Gillum wins in Florida, but Abrams loses in Georgia. He said, never forget white people, including white women, are who they are. Just like in 2016, I'm saying many of the same black social media voices still telling their followers not to vote. And then Momon B says, the shooting up in Avon Park, Florida, with a young man who got shot at the bachelor party was my friend's family. Terrible incident, and he didn't do anything wrong. This BS has to stop. Oh, boy, Momon B, sorry to hear that. Wow. Get out of here. Sorry to hear that. All right, I have a few. Pastor Stephen uh, Jones Richmond says, Jay, listening to that child scream at that pitch brought tears to my eyes. This country is in a bad place. Your LWB segments are applauded, and I applaud people for what you do, and I applaud you guys for this show. Thank you so much, uh, Pastor uh, Big Mike. Arkansas Powerful Show folks Glad to be in the audience Thank you sir Uh, Mitchell Wisconsin As a white person here in Wisconsin I agree with Johnny's comments We love each other here in my hometown The environment is not as bad as it seems Okay And Sadisha Am I saying that correctly Mr. Elias and Jerome Predicted that the Democrats would win the Senate earlier this year. Sounds like they're starting to hedge on their predictions. LOL. I never said. And not LOL nothing. I said, I still said my predictions as the alternative Senate. I still said that this morning. I didn't waver on that. Okay. I did not waver. Hey, listen, uh, he didn't waver. Uh, Sadisha, whatever your name is. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in. And on that note, Drew had to step out, so no uh, on a need-to-know basis this week. So we're going to give you some of your time back this Sunday morning since we've been taking so much in the past. So it's time for final thoughts. And uh, Johnny D is in the house, man. Grateful comments were in here for you as well. Grateful to hear that voice this morning. Sir, final thoughts. Uh, Jay, can you hear me? Yeah. Hello? Yes, we can. Okay. I'm, yes, we can hear you. We can hear you. Go ahead. Again, yeah, again this is a, a pretty important time in our life, and I think that that has been stated on this show week after week after week. And, and certainly, you know, I don't think anyone says it as more directly as Mr. L.E.S. Uh, you got to vote your interests, um, and certainly – What's at stake now is not only the integrity of the American citizen, but also the volatility that that you see based on the actions. Um, That office 
in Washington should mean something. And I, I, I do believe that there can be no more diminishing of that office than what we have seen, but yet every day seems to, to propel it to an all-time low. And it's sad because the previous eight years uh, under President Obama, you know, I, I remember always telling people that that was a, a, a mirror of what American promise to all of its citizens really and truly was. So I go back to, to November the 8th of 2008, and to me, that's my Independence Day there, because at least on that particular given night, I think that the, that the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence was upheld for that one moment, and I'm respectful of that. Uh, just, again, a great opportunity to be part of, of, of a team of individuals who are enlightening America and certainly, as I said earlier, by the, the, the listener, um, Mr. Dave, uh, again, just to think that, you know, we have an opportunity to go into his home and see as well thought out as, as he was on the subject matter. Uh, we should always be informative, yet entertaining, but be thankful and grateful for the opportunity that God bestows upon us to be part of this broadcast, and I, I thank you all. Hey, man, once again, well said, sir. Thank you so much, Mr. Johnny D. Domenic is the first and last word here on the serious side of one and only Mr. Elias. Final thoughts? Well, look, I got a couple of things. Look, the bottom line is this. Um, get out and vote Tuesday, November. It's November 6th. Get out and vote. Because if you don't get out of the vote, you don't have a voice. Like Johnny D said earlier, we don't. We, you, you got to vote your interests. And if your interests are to be a, a racist, then you should vote for Trump. But if your interests are to better the country and to move forward in the country, because our infrastructure is falling around around us. If you look at the roads and the bridges, they're falling down. And this is something he ran on saying that he was going to uh, want to get money to get this thing done, and it's not. It's not happening. So if that's your interest, then keep going with what you're going with. But if that's not your interest, get out and vote these clowns out of office. I, I think I don't think I think to be term limit on the Senate and the Congress. I really do because this is just ridiculous. Also, uh, on a on a personal note, I'd like to send uh, love out to my family. Yesterday, uh, I lost a very important member in my family. My sister, Lysandra Moore, passed. So I'd like to send uh, oh, the love out to my family. Thank you for all your uh, support too. Well, condolences, uh, sir, and I'll definitely be uh, calling you uh, after the broadcast uh, about that. Uh, my final thoughts, uh, I have two, actually. Uh, it's just we have a little bit of time, and uh, and I want to tell them. Uh, and number one, you know, one of the things that we did not do uh, during this show is that we did not talk about uh, Oprah uh, and her appearance uh, for the candidate that uh, for Stacey Abrams in Georgia, uh, and people talk about Oprah as being Oprah as being this person that could, you know, she could actually be a, a person that could run for the office of president. Um, I'm not sure if I'm. Uh, I agree with that. I think that we live in a celebrity age where someone's popular. We think that you know it's all about a popularity contest. You should be able to, to, to you know, you should be able to govern and run the office. So I'm not sure if I'd be uh, open to that. But you know, good God, compared to what we have in place now, uh, she would be a substantial upgrade. But I want to focus on the story that she told about Otis Moss 
Sr. The story about the man who got up and put on his 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 new suit, his his best tie, and he walked eight miles to a polling place where they said, boy, you're at the wrong location. Then he went to the next location that they asked him to go to, another eight miles, and they told him, boy, you're at the wrong location. Notice this was a senior man. They called him boy. He walked to the next polling place, and he got to this and boy, you're too late. And so the following year, when it was time or when they got everything squared away for him to vote, he died and he didn't have the opportunity to cast a vote. And she said, if you don't vote, and I'm talking to you African Americans that are out there, if you don't vote, if you don't do the things that you need to do to be a part of this process, then shut your mouth and don't say anything. A lot of people shed their blood for you to have the opportunity to vote. And for you not to get off your lazy tail to go vote is inexcusable. And there's no place for you. It is your right. People have died for you to have the ability to go to the polls. Get up and go. You'll sit and wait in line overnight for a pair of joints, but you won't go stand in line for six, maybe maybe four or five hours for your democracy? What is wrong with you folks? Get out and vote. And last but certainly not least, African American mothers, you know, you talk about and brag about how being a single mom is a badge of, you know, it's a thing of pride. And, and, and you know, and I'm out here doing my best for my children. And you know what some of you ladies are in that situation? I applaud you for it. But there are a lot of African-American women who are single mothers. And because of their hate or the way they feel or resentment towards the person, the father of their child, that they will not allow that person to be a part of their lives. That is wrong. There are too many African-American men who do not want to be a part of their children's lives. And when you have men who want to be a part of it, then you need to step up and do the right thing. It's not a badge of courage when you force yourself to be a single mother. The bottom line is that, hey, two parents and a child's life is important. You need to embrace that. And the brothers are out there trying to be a part of their child's lives, let them in. And for you brothers who are not trying to be a part of your child's life, I have two words for you. And on that note, Mr. L.E.S., if it's Sunday, we're talking serious stuff. What time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the J. Rao Show. You folks have to stop telling us how good we're doing. Our heads are starting to get big, but we appreciate it nevertheless. So for Kathleen Williams, for Mr. L.E.S., for Johnny D., for my main man, Jerome, and for Jackie and Momo B., I'm Jay Ross saying have a great work week. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side. God bless. We'll see you, we'll see you Tuesday night, 830 Central, right here. Election night coverage on the TGRS Radio Network. Have a great weekend, folks. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.